Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our liberty-loving friends out there? This is, once again, another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate, and right across from me is my best friend ever in the entire world, I think, so far. Basically, my life sucks. But it's Charlie (laughs) Thompson. How's it going, man? Oh, you know, well, I I thought at first you were going to stroke my ego a little bit, but now uh, you almost took it back in the same sentence. It seems like I did take it back in the same sentence. Yeah. So, and uh, and I, I just have to be curious. I'm just curious of at first you sounded like you were going to suck up. Yeah. And then you reversed that entire thing. I'm not sure if this is reverse psychology or what game you're trying to play, but I'm just going to play tough till I figure it out. (laughs) It's reverse psychiatry. That's yeah. psychiatry. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 I'm just saying you're my best friend, but the, the jury's still out. I mean, it just means I haven't met anyone better for the last 17 <laughs> years. You know, same goes for yeah. you. That's a free market. So here. far, the grass isn't greener. Someone, some other maybe friend. Maybe one day it will be. Some other friend comes along and offers me a higher salary. Well, that might, person just might be a better friend. You know? <laughs> my friendship is a commodity. <laughs> yeah. Guys, subscribe to the podcast if you're listening on our website or whatever avenue you're listening. Your friend's showing it to you right now. Something like that. Go subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We are on every single podcast app that we have looked at so far. If there's another one, let us know. And and we'll put it we'll make sure it's on there. Some you know? things I even I haven't even heard of, like Pocket Cast. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. There's there was Overcast and and there's I mean, there's just all kinds of podcast apps out there. And and I mean, I just use the one that's on my phone and maybe Maybe that's because used to, you couldn't get rid of the Apple apps that were on your phone. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to put another app on here. I already got this Apple app that's that's stuck on my phone. Yeah, it's not a bad interface. Yeah, but now they let you delete their apps. So maybe maybe I should make a consideration. I don't know. Because it's no longer a communist iPhone. I guess not. It's a free market. Maybe that wasn't a trade deal. I'm not really sure. (laughs) Yeah, so subscribe to the podcast. We put out a new episode every single day of the week when we want to. And normally it's going to come out sometime in the afternoon talking about today's news and then just a little bit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. We talk about the fact that you own yourself, how you can take that principle and make yourself a better life better life for you makes a better life for your family your family makes a better life for the community and then when all the communities are doing that then the entire country gets better okay so that's what we got to do we've all got to find meaning not happiness in our lives meaning because happiness you just ain't going to have it all the time but you can actually find meaning in your life all the time if that is what you are looking for as your goal and what else is a worthwhile goal than finding something meaningful, finding the reason that you're here and doing something meaningful with your day, which is what we're doing here because this is what we truly, truly care about. And I get to come in here every single day and live a meaningful life, not just freaking love it. Yeah. yeah. Even when you feel overwhelmed yeah, and full of anxiety and there's 19 things to do on the to-do list, it, you know, you start to write those things down and you just chip away at them. I crossed two things off the list. One by one. And then the anxiety starts to subside and you realize I'm still doing something for a great cause, even if I'm having a case of the Mondays on a Tuesday. Yeah. (laughs) So yesterday was a holiday. What are you going to do? I took the the case of the Mondays off yesterday. We talked last night. We We, did. We spoke for Young Americans for Liberty at, I mentioned, I noticed that I say Liberty 
Like it's got a D at the end of it. Like D-Y. Liberty. It would sound weird, I feel like, if, if we said Liberty. Now that's how, uh, what's that girl who does the, con- the, the, the person who does the constitutional podcast that's really good? Chris Ann Hall. Oh, yeah. She pronounces every single letter in every single word all the time. And I just don't know if I could say good morning, Liberty, all the time. That's too much work. Liberty. So, liberty. That's fine. You, liberty. Guys, you guys know what I mean. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we that's, talked. Uh, What's that? Limu and Emu or whatever? I don't uh, know. It doesn't matter. I'm not Every sure. time I hear that, though, I just think, wow, we have a great podcast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you so, know what else I noticed before we dive into this news? We got a lot of stuff to talk about today, but have you ever, I know you have, because this is where you get it from. I just wonder if any of the listeners have ever seen the billy mays dubs if you guys remember billy mays he was a famous infomercial man who unfortunately passed away probably a heart attack or something like that i don't remember but um he ended up passing away but <laughs> there's this uh j dubs or something on youtube a long time ago back when youtube was just full of cat videos and, and overdubs yeah that's all it was <laughs> there are two different things and it's probably like god 10 years ago i remember when like the bad lip reading videos were innovative yes you know like yes. wow i can't believe someone thought of that right you know now it's like well, this is what you got. I could have watched 15 TikTok videos during this time, you know? And there were these Billy Mays dubs where these guys took the infomercials and they substituted their own voice. And uh, it always started out with, Billy Mays here with another fantastic product. Yeah. <laughs> so every time you say fantastic episode, that's what I always think. And of. that's why I say it yeah. is because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about And to plus the, the episodes are fantastic. They yeah it's true right fact check true there you go i think facebook gave us a fact check on that actually. it said true <laughs> this info this information has been found to be true that's yes. what it says at the bottom that's right so we um we talked to these students for young americans for liberty last night one of our favorite organizations in the country probably our favorite organization in the country because they take these they take these principles and they actually put them into actionable steps and are actually getting state representatives elective, elected that are liberty candidates. They might not have the word libertarian next to their political party, but they are essentially libertarian, you know, conservative libertarian, some of them, and they're actually getting them elected. They've had 50, 60 people they've gotten elected so right. far. Something like that. So they're trying to change the country at a local level by actually going out and knocking on doors and getting these people elected. Well, they've got chapters all around the country. The over a thousand colleges, I think they have chapters at. A lot of students around in, in these YAL chapters. And we went to one of them last night. I talked to some of them about the principles. Why liberty was the first question that someone asked us. Why liberty? And uh, so we were able to answer that for them. There was someone who I think is going to vote for Bernie Sanders in the room. And uh, he left early. Uh, I did. I did notice <laughs> he stayed for a while, though. Yeah, he yeah. left at the time that we were supposed to stop talking. Yeah. So he he left then, and then we talked for about another forty five minutes after that. But yeah, he listened to most of it. He asked some questions. He made the case that Bernie Sanders was actually the most libertarian candidate that that you could vote for. Like mainstream. Mainstream libertarian candidate. And by the way, this was at Vanderbilt, so that was nice. Yeah. A, a well-recognized institution. Yeah. Prestigious college. Yes. You know, that's, that's, that's great. I just completely disagree with the fact that, that somehow Bernie Sanders is the most libertarian candidate. Uh, 
If you want to think about that on the lines of, say, drug legalization or being anti-war or uh, the criminal justice reform, things like that. Audit the Fed. Then you can say, yeah, that's a pretty libertarian-leaning candidate on those things. But his principles aren't libertarian. The, the reasons that he even believes all of those things, not on the anti-war, but criminal justice and all that, it all really just stems down to his preferential treatment of people who are potentially disadvantaged in our society, preferential treatment for people who are disadvantaged, and hatred for those who have a hell of a lot of advantages. And, uh, and, and all of his policies really stem from stem from that i can't call him a libertarian candidate when he literally wants to control everything that i do in my life i I can't figure out how he would be considered whatsoever the most libertarian anything so uh if you want you have to look at his the like you said his preferential treatment which stems from his motivations so his his ideology and where he comes to especially being right on some of the issues like look he's right that healthcare is too expensive but it, he comes at, at it from the wrong angle yeah like and which skews his solutions to the problem because the motivation that he's coming at from that he's coming to it from is from a communist viewpoint it's a but, hatred for the rich right that's where it's it's the it, wrong motivation it, bernie sanders is the epitome of what george orwell said he feared about socialists and george orwell was a socialist himself but he feared this about socialists and what he said was the the problem is that they they don't so much care about the poor so much as they hate the rich. Mm-hmm. And when your principle is not that you care about making the best life for the most amount of people, regardless of their status or anything, and actually caring about everyone owning themselves or everyone having the opportunity to make something out of themselves or the government not having ownership over you, therefore they can't make all of these decisions for you. If your principles aren't coming from that standpoint, then you're not a libertarian anything at that time. So his principles come from a hatred for rich people. He's been talking about a hatred for rich people since you can go back. He, you can go back 30 years. He looks the exact same. And he's out there talking about hatred for the rich people. This is a guy who has never had a job in his entire life. He's only ever been paid money that was forcefully taken from other people and then given to him. Never had a job himself. Never been held down by the man. Well, now he at writes, all. Now he writes books, though. Now he writes books. Yeah. Now he holds down book manufacturers who you work in the, work in a factory printing and binding books um, that are getting paid a non living wage, while he's getting paid millions of dollars to write the very book that they are putting together for him, so he can sell it, and he's totally okay with that. But you know, I'm not saying he's a hypocrite. But uh, he's a hypocrite. That's what it is. If you want to make a million dollars, that's fine. You write a book. Yeah. Just it's it's not capitalism, by the way, to do that. I guess not. No, no. No. It's just justice. That's that's all it is. It blows my mind every time when people use capitalism and the free market to promote their hatred for the capitalism and free market. Yeah. And then, you know, they you know what? It's a free market. So we allow it. That's fine. They'll say, you know, I hear all these things about these conquests and we know a a billion people were killed because of the because of free because of capitalism, because people go in and they would take over societies and kill people and have wars. And listen, if if your pursuit of your own profit 
requires exerting force over other human beings to force them what you want to do what you want them to do then you are not a free market capitalist so you look through all these things through through past societies where they say well their pursuit of profits caused them to do this this and this well that's true for any evil person throughout history it's not capitalism it's not free markets that did that free markets are not when someone goes in and exerts force over other people and forces them to do what they want that wasn't capitalism or the free markets or whatever you want to call it when any of those past things happened slavery was not capitalism it was not free market capitalism it was slavery it was that economy that had that had slavery it might have been in pursuit of those people's profits but that was not free market capitalism it was another it was another system that was taking place free market capitalism does not involve enslaving people and forcing them to do your bidding so when you use arguments where people were were put in chains or were murdered in the pursuit of some person's profits that's something else that that is not capitalism and at the same time in a true free market if somebody does pursue something like that one the the business it's not a good long-term solution because one if you kill your consumers then you can't make any more profit yeah two if you let's say have poor working conditions or whatever a better company is going to come and take your place in fact the average fortune 500 cap company only lasts 30 years and it's because sometimes they get too big or sometimes they get too um uh, prideful or whatever. And, and that labor labor is a commodity. So people will start to shift to companies who have better offerings, yeah. maybe better pay, maybe better working hours, maybe better benefits. There's always that shift in the free market. Like, look, what happened in 2008 is these banks that made terrible decisions. They should have failed. Yeah. Like bank of America shouldn't exist right now, but apparently the government decided, Oh, too big to fail. That's not a free market. That's not a free market decision. No. There should have been other banks with better policies who rose to the top. It actually would be better defined as, I'm sorry, I always apologize before I say this. It'd be better defined as fascism, is, is what it would be defined as. The economic defini definition of fascism is private ownership of companies, but government control over those companies. And that's, that's what we've got right now. We don't have a free market. We just call them regulations. We just call it regulation. <laughs> that's, that's it. But that's what it is. It's private ownership with government control over the private ownership, which is not really private ownership at all. Because have, you have to adhere to the regulations. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's still public ownership because the public picks the people who run the government and then the government controls the companies. So the, the person in control of the business overall because they can't just make any decision they want to is is still the government through regulation and the people are the ones who elect the people in the government we've had democratic socialism or fascism fascism for a hundred years in the u.s you're you want democratic fashion you want democratic fascism that's that's what it is you want democratic socialism or whatever we're living in it that's the problem that's already the problem we don't need more no we need less everything that you hate about America is the fact that we already have democratic socialism or democratic fascism or whatever it is. We don't have a free market at all. Anyway, 
Um, we can talk more about this in the post show. And if you want to listen to the post show, then go become a supporter on Patreon. If you want to listen to that, go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. We got a supporter on there. We just started the Patreon beginning of last week. So we'll start filtering in some, you know, more and more supporters on there. We just can't thank you guys enough. What We really can't. Tell me about Virginia, Charlie. Well, there's post show. There's pre-show options. There's all kinds of options. I recorded um, a 12 minute just free thought video blog on my drive here today and that's about to get uploaded to to patreon also yeah you just can't get enough of nate and charlie and and the way that we talk about these situations well there's there's a solution for that problem okay if but, you uh, <laughs> if you can't stop yourself from getting inside our brains <laughs> <laughs> so patreon.com slash good morning liberty tell me about virginia what happened yesterday so interesting facts i talked about this last night with the yale students as well is because i feel like a lot of times we focus as i think it's driven by the mainstream media but we focus so much on what happens at the federal level because somebody had asked a question last night that stemmed around you know voting for bernie sanders and it also stemmed around the choice of the lesser of two evil two evils 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 yeah the two evils so for instance in 2016 we had trump and clinton like who's the better pick well you have a liberal democrat from new york and a liberal democrat from new york so <laughs> which one's better uh you know, one just has an r next to their name one yeah. just has a d and you could make a case that Trump is better than Hillary Clinton in some aspects as far as like lowering taxes and cutting some regulations and things like that. More but, fun to listen to. Yeah, he's he's definitely more entertaining <laughs> as far as a president's concerned. Um, Are you OK if I take a trade during the podcast, by the way? Yeah, go ahead. OK. And so the other thing is. You know, he also has done some things against the Second Amendment, like banning bump stocks or or running record, you know, deficits and adding to the debt, which is something Hillary Clinton probably would have done, too. He hasn't really ended the wars, which is something Hillary Clinton wouldn't have done either. The the the, the difference in their presidency, I think, would be minuscule. Yeah, it'd be the tax cuts, basically. Right. And she might have put through some more anti Second Amendment legislation than him. It's a lesser of two evils argument. Right. It's it's the perfect lesser of two evils argument. Right. Because you can say Trump has got a trillion dollar deficits. Well, Hillary Clinton's deficit would have been more than that. You know, so which one do you want, Charlie? Right. Do you want the trillion? You had two options. Well, realistically, did you want the trillion dollar deficit or did you want a two trillion dollar deficit? I made you know? the argument. Here's what the argument that I made is that I can't in good conscience vote for the lesser of two evils. So I didn't. I wrote in Rand Paul because that was my pick for yeah, president. That's what I did too. By the way, you can do that. By the way, you can write in somebody. If you don't agree, if you don't want to make the lesser of two evils choice, then you can write in. But at the same time, I feel like we're too focused at the federal level when really the federal government doesn't have as much of an effect on your life as state and local governments like do. your daily life your daily life yeah. now they do have some effect obviously there are federal regulations and laws that aren't good by any means but the federal government needs the states to help enforce those laws the federal government doesn't have enough law enforcement to be roaming your streets in you know southwest kansas okay they, they don't there's no federal agents there right there might be a few yeah but 
but they don't have the manpower. They rely on the states to enforce federal law. It's probably like an FBI building and in Southwest Kansas. The cool Someone's thing about the cool us. thing about local governments and states is they have the option to give the middle finger to the federal government. Case in point: California, Colorado, Illinois, Michigan, all of these states that said, "Hey, federal government, we recognize that you have banned this plant called marijuana, and it is a Schedule One." Uh, narcotic for the federal government, but we don't care because our citizens are allowed to have this plant at free will and we'll charge them a massive tax on it, but they're still going to allow them to have it and there's nothing you can do about it. Now, where are all the raids and arrests from the federal agents? They're not, they don't exist because they don't have the manpower to enforce their laws. So I made the case that if you vote for the lesser of two evils at a federal level or you vote your conscience, it doesn't really matter. What matters is what happens locally and another case in point of that is what happened in Virginia. So Virginia uh, has basically gone full blown assault on the second amendment and they wanted to ban assault weapons and magazines, magazine limit to 12 rounds is what they were going for. All of this stuff. And what happened was, is there was a gigantic second amendment rally with people all over the place, tens of thousands of people, not a single round fired. They were clean and everything like that, and they protested peacefully. They weren't burning things down they were, or flipping no. cars over or anything like that. The, the people spoke at a local level, and look what happens. This coming out of Market Watch. That was a long setup for this, by the way, but it was necessary. It's about a 20-minute setup. Look at this. Virginia lawmakers reject assault weapons ban in favor of more research. Who cares what it's in favor of? They rejected it. Didn't even make it out of the committee. So listen to this. Out of Market Watch, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam's push to ban the sale of assault weapons failed on Monday after some of his fellow Democrats balked at the proposal. Well, look at that. What do you think the now, actual those, action of balking sounds like, by the way? Well, look, I bet those Democrats had a lot of supporters yeah. at that rally. Yeah. And they don't want to lose their seat. They were getting phone calls from their districts. Exactly. For sure. Senators voted to shelve the bill for the year and asked the state crime commission to study the issue, an outcome that drew cheers from a committee room packed with gun advocates. Four Democrats, most of them moderates, joined Republicans in Monday's committee vote, rejecting legislation that would have prohibited the sale of certain semi-automatic firearms, including popular AR-15 style rifles, and banned the possession of magazines that hold more than 12 rounds. The bill was a top priority for Northam, who has campaigned heavily for a broad package of gun control measures. The governor's spokeswoman, Elena Yarmosky, said he's disappointed with the result, but determined to continue to press for the measure. We'll be back next year, she said. Mm. So, look, these actions that you take at a local level have a much bigger impact than what can happen at the federal level. And look, the people have spoken. The Democrats, everyone was saying this was all going to pass because the Democrats control the House and the Senate and the governorship in Virginia. And look what happened. Four Democrats joined the Republicans, and they it didn't even make it out of committee. That's pretty big. That's and huge. This all stems from, by the way, from from local sheriffs, from county sheriffs, from these people creating these Second Amendment sanctuaries to the point where you had over ninety percent of the counties in Virginia saying that they would not enforce whatever the law was, and that's what you need for these unconstitutional laws. You need to elect sheriffs and county commissioners and mayors and city cops, all these people who say, we are not, listen, I swore an oath to protect 
and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and I will not enforce an unconstitutional law. We can do this for anything, people. By the way, anyone can do this for marijuana. They can do this for smoking. They can do this for smoking cigarettes if they want to. The states can do the same thing with smoking that the states did with marijuana or that Virginia just did with this assault weapons ban. And we need to be looking at a local level and saying, how can I get the right sheriffs in office? How can I get the right mayors in office? How can I get all these right people in office that regardless of what happens in Washington or even at the state capitol, regardless of what happens, I'm going to be protected because our local law enforcement said they are not going to enforce this law. This is exactly why our government is set up this way. This is a perfect example of why it's set up this way. And I just, I couldn't be happier with seeing people coming out and, and all the support, the 30,000 people that showed up in Virginia for the rally, all the people have been calling their local state representatives and putting pressure on these people to not even put the bill up for a vote anymore because they knew that if this bill somehow made it through, that they were all going to lose their jobs. That's what was going to happen. And they made the right decision. They said, oh, well, I guess I won't do something that goes explicitly against the Constitution of the United States. I don't know. I mean, I did swear that oath, but I don't really care. But, you know, I guess if I'm going to lose my job because the voting populace is going to do theirs, then, then I guess I'll make the right decision, no matter what, what I personally feel about this issue. So it's, it's great. It's amazing. This, this is a prime example. People ask all the time, like, what can I do to get involved? Like, what kind of impact can I make? And I, I made the case last mm -hmm. night that liberty starts with each one of us. It's not good enough just to talk about the issues. And while it's fun, and, and Nate and I do, you know, give you all the right information when it comes to federal issues or state issues or whatever, it's not enough just to talk about them. You have to ask, okay, what can I do in my own life to advance liberty? And first, you do that by living out your own principles living what you actually believe, setting the example as an individual that you can, you can make your own income, Taking, you can start your own business, you can provide for the community, you can donate to charities, you can do all that. The second thing you can do is to get involved. There's organizations set up like the Young Americans for Liberty. It's not just about college students, although they, they do have a massive following with college students, but it's getting involved with organizations like that who are actually affecting real change at the state level which is probably the most important level that to get involved in. And it's not, a, it's not hard to get involved in those types of things. Y'all got the constitutional carry passed in Kentucky. You know, that yeah. that's one thing that they did. They got it passed by knocking on doors and getting something, getting someone elected. Do you remember her name? I can't Savannah remember. Savannah Maddox. Savannah Maddox elected in Kentucky. By like Kentucky. 20 votes, by the way. And then she's the one that introduced this bill and pushed for it to have constitutional carry in Kentucky. And she was only in office not to discredit her or dis discount her efforts whatsoever. But if she won by 20 votes and Yao went out there and knocked on 10,000 doors for her, they probably helped her get those 20 votes. Exactly. So they, they got her in office and then she goes and introduces a bill for constitutional carry and it passes. And there you go. There's one Liberty legislator that Yao helped get elected that is completely helped all of the people that are in the state of Kentucky. So, the, I mean, this is just, 
getting involved locally, uh, while it's not as exciting, it's not as fun, it's not as big to talk about, not as much news, it's more important. Well, and, you know, look, we operate a website called BernieLies.com because we refute things at the federal level. And you, you need the knowledge, right? Knowledge is power. So you have to be able to debate people at a local level. You have to be able to convince people to come to your side and see that liberty is the best way, even at the local level. But it's more than just talking about it. You have to get involved. And that is the most important thing you can do. The liberty movement starts with you, each and every single one of you. And you know what's really cool is people are starting to take hold of that. Yeah. We have people messaging us all the time that are starting to take hold of that. They're wanting to, they're wanting to take control of their own finances and not rely on somebody else, which is part of your personal responsibility. Uh, they want to make their lives better, their family lives better. They want to extend help out into their community. They want to do those types of things. And so this is all a snowball effect that starts with each and every single one of you. I asked the question last night. I stole this from Jordan Peterson. He did a talk at... He, well, I don't even think it was a talk. He, it was one of his lectures in his classroom, actually, an old, old YouTube video that he had put up. And he asked the question, you know, a, a wide open survey, you would say, to his students. And he would say, you know, how many hours would you say you waste a week? You know, how many, raise your hand if you waste 10 hours a week. And there would be hands go up and raise your hand if you waste 20, 30, 40 hours. And I did this last night with the YAL students and there were, uh, all of them raised their hand when it was 10 hours. And then you had about 50% raise their hand when it was 20 hours and about a couple people when it was 30 hours. And so you have to ask yourself, okay, whether it's you're playing video games or anything like that, I'm not saying you can't have any R and R rest and relaxation is important. However, if you look at the amount of time that you admit to yourself that you waste per week, could you spend one or two of those hours actually living out the principles that you say you believe in because that's how we create a movement here that's how we change the messaging that's how we stop complaining about the issues and actually put into action what we can do to actually promote what we believe in which is providing the environment and a society that helps the most amount of people become the the most successful they can possibly be and if, you know, say Bernie Sanders does get elected president, is that going to have some effect on your life? Yeah, sure. You know, there are going to be some issues there that we would have to deal with. But you could also, at the state level, tell the federal government, go screw yourself. Yeah. Go screw yourself. I don't care. I'm not going to, <clears throat> I'm not going to charge my people that tax. You know? one, one interesting thing, if you think about the time that you spend, any time that you waste, so like Charlie said, you, you got to spend time relaxing. Sometimes I'm not great at that, but uh, you got to spend time relaxing. But if you think about the amount of time you waste and think about whether or not you could be learning a new skill, imagine if you learned how to be an amazing day trader. Imagine if you learned that. And let's say once you were an amazing day trader and you figured it out and you're going to make $100,000 a year for the next 20 years doing day trading. Now imagine if you waste 10 hours a week doing things, but you could have used that 10 hours a week while you're in college for four years. You could have used that 10 hours a week to actually put that time towards learning how to day trade. And after four years, you've spent over 2000 hours learning how to do this, practicing, and you get out and you know how to do it. And you're doing well at it. You're making a hundred grand a year day trading. 
If you waste 10 hours a week not learning that skill, then you're caught, you got to look at the time value of the potential lost income from not learning that skill. It's $961 an hour, by the way, if you waste 10 hours a week. To not learn a skill that could give you $100,000 a year for the, next 20, for the next 20 or so years. Okay? So it's, it's, really, it's actually really big to miss out on this time, to waste time, to not be learning something that you could otherwise be learning if you just prioritized it. And that Which is t- part of fulfilling your duty, uh, believing in personal responsibility. Taking control of your own life, having the personal responsibility, not relying on other people, never being dependent on someone else's income. It's all part of that. That's what we talk about all the time. It doesn't have to be day trading, which if you are interested in day trading, we're starting a class on March 4th. You can send me an email, nate at goodmorningliberty.us. I day trade every day. Actually, I might be taking a trade here in a few minutes, so I'll tell you guys how that goes. Uh, we're going to be teaching everything from your very first time ever looking at a stock chart to actually being able to take trades and being able to be a profitable day trader. It's going to be pretty cheap. It's going to be starting at 50 bucks a month, $47 a month. We're going to be starting at If you send us an email this week, you're going to get a 20% discount on that. Okay. I was going to say, you have until Friday. You got until Friday to send us an email, nate at goodmorningliberty.us <clears throat> we to already get have, on. We already have several early bird specials. That's what we're calling it. I've been very excited. Because the early bird saves a penny. Yes. the That's the old a penny, Japanese proverb. A penny saved is an early bird. Yes. That's what they say. That's an, Yep. An old Vietnamese proverb. By the but, way, I yeah. announced what that special is. Yeah. Yeah. It's 20% off yeah, your good. first month. That's good. And you also get a seven-day free trial. Charlie, was this so you a- get, you get access- to the courses for seven days, and if you hate it, you cancel. Was this all just a 30-minute long advertisement for taking our course? No, sure it wasn't. (laughs) No, you don't have to take the course. Not everyone wants to be a day trader. It's very tough to handle the risk. When I get in on this trade, if we do it during the podcast, if it goes against me, I might lose over 100 bucks while we're talking right there at that time, and I'm going to watch that number turn red if that's what happens. That's okay. That's totally fine, but you have to be okay with that risk. You have to be completely okay with the risk. And if you're not, then, then, don't, then don't day trade. But if you are okay with risking so you can have a big reward, that's what everyone who's ever, any of these super wealthy people, any of these CEOs, any of these people who make tons of money, who live in the great place and have nice stuff, whatever it is, they've all taken some kind of big risk where if it failed, they could have lost everything. All by all, I mean, I would say 90% of them have taken a massive risk where if it failed, they could have been really hurting. At Hell, that half time. of them failed anyway. With Amazon, well, 70% of Jobs. businesses fail. Look at Steve know? Jobs. I mean, he failed at a couple of ventures. He got fired from Apple. Got fired from yeah. the old company that yeah. he started. I mean, and then he came back and made it into one of the largest companies in the entire world. Amazon didn't make any money, they only lost money for 15 years. That could have failed. It could have never caught on. He, he took a guess that the internet was going to be the next thing, was going to be the next marketplace. In 1995, he took a guess that that's what it was going to be. You don't know the future. Hindsight's 2020. Obviously, it's a brilliant idea. But people probably thought it was laughable at that time when he talked about it. He took a big risk. He went in millions of dollars on that idea before it ever paid off. So you got to be willing billions, to take a billions. risk. Billions. Yeah. He well, went in billions. Lots of money whole lots of money. 
So anyway, if you guys are interested in day trading, we're going to be teaching the course. Uh, send me an email, nate at goodmorningliberty.us. And uh, yeah, maybe we can go over some new skills. Um, I want to do this. Are you good on the, the current event on this? Or you, um, you want to go to the next gun control article? Yeah, let's talk about the actual, because they said here that they're going to ask the state crime commission to study the issue. Well, the studies are already out there. They've done a lot of studies. So already. let's go over that study to see how many times those scary assault weapons have actually killed people. So this comes from fee.org. It's called studies find no evidence that assault weapon bans reduce homicide rates. Mass shootings are unconscionable acts of violence and are the most acutely disturbing form of gun violence. In the wake of such tragedies, many gun control advocates lambast gun rights supporters for allowing weapons of war onto the streets of America and not supporting responsible gun reform. By the way, your right to own a gun is specifically so you can own a weapon of war. That is the entire reason that we have the right to be able to own weapons. The measure put forth are usually either a ban and or mandatory buyback of assault weapons, most of which are more accurately known as semi-automatic rifles. An assault weapon is a vague term that varies state to state and can include common pistols and shotguns depending on other detachable accessories. While these initiatives are common sense to advocates, if one takes the time to examine data and evidence, it becomes abundantly clear that gun control in this form will do little to reduce gun violence. There's a lot of typos in this article from Fee, making it hard on me. Here's point number one. Mass shootings with assault weapons constitute a small fraction of a percent of gun violence. Mother Jones' database of mass shootings defined mass shootings involving three or more fatalities. Shows that between 2007 and 2017, there were 495 people murdered in such events. When breaking down those shootings by weapons involved, it is revealed that around half of those victims, 253, were murdered by a perpetrator with an assault weapon, such as an AR-15. Over the same time frame, time frame, time frame, FBI annual crime reports show that there were 150,352 homicides in total, of which 103,000 involve firearms. This means that mass shootings involving assault weapons constitute 0.17% and 0.24% of all homicides and firearm, and, and firearm homicides, respectively. To further illuminate the relative infrequency of mass shootings with assault weapons, consider, consider the fact that in 2017, some 1,590 people were murdered using knives or sharp instruments. And in comparison to between 2007 and 2017, there were 253 people that were killed with assault weapons. In 2017... 1,590 people were killed with knives. Okay. That's basically, well, if you compare that one year to a 10-year span, it's, it's 12 times as many. But then you also take it year by year. It's 159 people per year compared to 253 people over uh, 10 years. Over 10 years. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's not a great comparison there. No. Studies find no evidence assault with bans re reduce homicide rates. Between 1994 and 2004, the federal government banned the manufacture, sale, or transfer of assault weapons and large capacity magazines. A subsequent Department of Justice study found no evidence that the ban had any effect on gun violence and stated that should it be renewed, the ban's effects on gun violence are likely to be small at best and perhaps too small for reliable measurement. 
A recent study published this year in the Journal of General Internal Medicine examined state gun control policies and found no statistically significant relationship between assault weapon or large capacity magazine bans and homicide rates. A Journal of the American Medical Association study came to the same conclusion. Australia does not prove that gun control works either. In 1996, Australia experienced a horrific mass shooting. In response, the government implemented a mandatory buyback scheme that banned and confiscated certain types of firearms, including assault weapons. In 2016, the Journal of American, what was that, American Medical Association study on the matter found no statistically significant change in the trend of the country's firearm homicide rate following the law's passage. The authors also noted that the decline in firearm suicides post-ban could not clearly be attributed to gun control since non-firearm suicides fell by an even greater magnitude. Because all suicides fell by a large magnitude, is right. what they were saying. So you could not attribute it solely you to the fact that the, they banned the weapons. You can't make the correlation. Yeah. So this, this idea here, I like talking about Australia a lot because it presents a very unique scenario. People say, well, the, the ban in Australia worked, right? Let's just imagine that it did work. Let's imagine that the assault weapons ban in Australia worked. Is that, like all of these other economic comparisons that we make, is that a reliable comparison for the outcome that you could expect in the United States whatsoever? No. No. Okay. We got 600,000 guns, right? Something like that? No, 600 million guns, sorry. Something like that in the United States. I don't know how many of them are AR-15s or assault weapons. We've got all these guns in the United States. By the way, we're using their definition of assault Whatever an assault weapon is. Any weapon that you use to assault someone is an assault weapon. True. So it's, you've got a country like Australia, an island that's got 25 million people on it. Now, if you ban something on an island, with a low population, then it is possible, I think, to make the argument that that ban could have some effect. It could have some effect. If you're thinking, could I control an island with 25 million people on it? Better than I could control a large body of land that has 2,000 mile long borders with other countries and has 330 million people in it and already hundreds of millions of guns in the country. Could I make any type of comparison that the same type of ban would work in the U.S.? I don't think, I just don't think that you could. You can't control our borders like you could in a country that has an island, that, that is an island, that is surrounded by the ocean, that has the population of, I don't know, the, the, I mean, it's smaller than the, than the state of California. So already the idea of the ban itself, it wouldn't work. There's already too many guns out there. There's too many guns that are unaccounted for. The same people who want to ban the guns also want us to have open borders. If you think about that for a minute. So how are you going to actually remove the weapons when you don't support any type of border fencing with a checkpoint where you could allow people to come through or not come through? How are you going to... to really account for that when you're totally fine with people crossing the Rio to get into the country and, and have no problems with that whatsoever. How are you also going to call for banning something and trying to remove it from the country? That doesn't make any sense. 
like most things we talk about on this podcast that hardcore leftists want to do, or people who seek control over others, what they want to do, uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's a fantasy. It's like socialism in Scandinavia. You're comparing it to countries that have a lower population than New York City. It's not going to work the same way. There's too many guns in the country. The idea of banning some type of weapon is dead on arrival. Pardon my pun. And not only only that, I would say that the stats and the data clearly show that it's blown way out of proportion. Yeah. You know, because like, look, obviously gun homicide or any type of violence, we don't support that. You know, the 253 people that were killed by assault style weapons, you could say, like what happened in Las Vegas and the school shootings and things like that. It's clearly wrong. Those people are evil and we don't condone any of that. But when you look at the data, when it's 0.17%, it's basically negligible. And if you look at the total violent crime overall, it's been declining since America's inception. Yeah. You know, the homicide rate was estimated to be um, over 30 per per 100,000 people in 1700. It dropped to under 20 by 1800 and under 10 by 1900. Yeah. So you look at violent crime rates, they're all going down and it's because people are becoming more educated. People are living at a higher economic status. And basically you could argue that the ones committing these treacherous crimes, um, tilt towards the psychopath scale. Yeah. And so what do you do to solve psychopaths? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like they're, they live in a, or they've gotten to the place in their life where if you actually go and read some of their writings that they don't think they, they've moved past depression Yeah. to not only do they think they shouldn't exist anymore. They think the human race as a whole is, is completely should not exist. Yeah. That it's and been so, a, a negative impact for earth and it would be best the, le- the less humans we have, the better. Right. Uh, you know, they're well, completely they, nihilistic about, <clears throat> about the yeah, entire they take, overlook. They, took a look, they take a look at the suffering of the world and they're like, well, nobody has to, if we just, it, it would be better that we never started the human race at all. Yeah. That's where they get to. And that's, that's psychopathic, by the way. Yeah. That's what that is. And so what do you do about that? You know, removing the, removing the type of weapon they use doesn't change. Yeah. That violence. It's if it, you look at places like Great Britain, they have a surge of knife crime. Yeah. Like so it doesn't matter what weapon people will use. It banning your second amendment right, your god-given right to de, to defend yourself and your family and you're a good upstanding citizen has nothing to do with what psychopaths will do when it comes to murdering people. Uh, there's something that people I think don't take into account which is which is our, our population density. And when you have a large amount of people grouped together and maybe they're unhappy, maybe they've got all these depression problems, maybe they're over-medicated, maybe their families have been split up, maybe they're fatherless children. Most of the people who are mass shooters did not have a father in, in the home. When you've got, when you're gonna look at that, you need to look at the population and just think statistically. What if you have a one 
in 30 million chance in a snapshot of a year, there's a one in 30 million chance that someone is going to be a mass shooter. Well, Australia wouldn't have any. Great Britain wouldn't have any. Denmark wouldn't have any. Sweden wouldn't have any. None of those countries that you talk about over there would have any. But the U.S. would have 11. So the, there's, there's purely something that happens when you put this many people together. Statistically, you have a greater chance of having people that have these types of mental problems. You have a greater chance of that happening because you've got such a large population that all of those statistical outliers that don't get a chance to manifest in a country that's got 5 million people because you didn't have enough people uh, you didn't have enough people for those statistical outliers to actually take for place. For those variations to occur. Well, when you have 330 million people, you've got a much larger chance for all of these statistical outliers to actually happen. I'm not making an excuse for us having gun violence or us having mass shootings, but we're still not talking about what the actual problem is, and that always bothers me. And the problem is that people want to kill people. The problem is that they're nihilistic, they're depressed, they're, they're over-medicated, they need to seek help. We, we, we make it difficult to seek help. We make it, uh, you know, with our societal, it's this issue that we have with people who are going to therapy or seeing psychiatrists, you're labeled a certain way immediately. I, I'll say I, I went and saw, I went and saw a doctor for a while. And um, one of the problems, one of the things that was stopping me from going at first and my wife and I talked about it. She said, you need to realize that if something happens, you're going to be in a database of people who uh, are, you know, someone who's seeking some type of therapeutic help in some kind of way. And if people want to come after that and say that you shouldn't have a gun, you need to be, you need to be ready for that. And just that right there, I was like, well, well, maybe I don't need to go talk to anyone then. I don't want to lose any of my rights purely because I went to talk to a doctor about something, you know? So it's, you have to, you got to take you all this stuff worse. into account. You make it a lot worse. You incentivize families to break up. You create a massive welfare state in this cycle of poverty that is kept in place by these safety nets that never incentivize people to rise up and make a better life for themselves. You have all these systems in place that incentivize the creation of the nihilism and the hatred, the, the depression and all of these things. And then you say that the problem is the tool that they use to express all of those problems. You're not attacking what the actual problem is. You're attacking a symptom that's not helpful. If you have, if you have cancer and it's, it's forcing you to, to not eat or something because you're sick, well, you're, you're, your doctor crap now I'm blinking on what the um the the uh cancer doctor is called. Sorry. I can't remember what that specialty is called. Oh, oncologist. Oncologist. They're not just gonna prescribe like, oh, you have cancer and it's forcing you to not be able to eat. Well, you know, my idea is that I give you this uh thing that stimulates your appetite. There you go, you're fixed. Like, no, that's not what's wrong. That's a symptom of what's wrong. And th this idea that we're gonna ban weapons is 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 that right there. That, that's the actual problem. If you're bleeding internally and some of it's coming out of the knife wound that you have, 
the 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 prognosis or the the actual way to solve that is not just by putting the bandage on it. You got to get in there and figure out where you're bleeding from. And this idea that you put a bandaid on a gunshot wound and therefore the gunshot wound, everything about it's fixed, that's not going to work. And that's what we're trying to do with this problem. It's got to actually be talked about on a deeper level, a really deep level that a lot of people are not willing to actually spend more than 10 seconds talking about without their eyes glazing over. That's why we're here. That's why you guys are listening. Yeah, and the good news is people showed up in Virginia, like we said, and it didn't even make it out of committee. So that's great. It's up to you. It's still up to you, by the way, to, to forge on with liberty. I wanted to mention some stuff about some red flag laws. We had a, a listener and a, and a Instagram follower that has been asking us to talk about red flag laws. I went through and I asked a lot of our followers what they wanted us to talk about. Well, they're red, so that's clearly good. Right? There that's we go. the Republican color. That must be good. Or they could be communist. Yeah, or yeah. Red's maybe. not always good. If they've got a yellow hammer and sickles. <laughs> so we have the red flag laws. <laughs> yellow hammer. We won't have enough time today to really go super deep into this. We'll have to do another another time where we just talk about all of the abuses and the red flag laws. But Charlie, tell me about this veteran. Tell me about this veteran that had his, his gun seized uh, in a complete mix-up. Yeah. You know, I have dreams about this, by the way. Yeah. You know those no-knock raids? Yeah. I have bad dreams that I'm my house is somehow going to be involved in a no-knock raid. And I literally, as I'm going to sleep, I fig, try to think of what I'm going to do. This happened last night even. Vividly remember this dream. As I was falling asleep, I had this fear that there was going to be a no-knock raid on my house, and they weren't going to announce that they were the police. And I thought about what to do with my family. Like, do I take them in the bathroom with a gun? Do I put my hands up? make sure they don't kill my family um if in the case because this is what happens the the police mix things up yeah by accident you hear of people actually getting killed on these no-knock raids or or whatever a lot of dogs a lot, yeah. of, a lot of dogs getting killed dogs get days. killed I, I i think about that and the other thing i th- i thought about that night was what if they do announce they bust open the door and they announce it's the police but it's actually not really a police it's actually really a criminal yeah like, how do I, what, how do you know the difference? You don't. What do you do? They said police. Right. They're wearing a, they're wearing a blue jacket. Oh man. <laughs> I, I get some anxiety about that, by the way. Uh, the statistical likelihood that that's going to happen is very small, but anyway, you should be more worried about the coronavirus than that right, happening. Probably right. actually more worried about the flu because yeah. it's killed way more people <laughs> than the coronavirus. Yeah. Anyway, um, government seasons seizes veterans guns in red flag law mix up. So here's one problem with red flag laws. Anyway, a terrible mix-up that happened recently to a Florida man has provided yeah. <laughs> has provided some justification for why conservative Republicans fear that red flag gun laws could be used and or abused to accidentally or purposefully infringe on the rights of law-abiding Americans. Meet John Carpenter. We don't have a picture of him or anything. <laughs> his name here, John Carpenter, sounds like a nice guy. He's a military veteran, sports fisherman, and law-abiding gun owner from St. Cloud, whose firearms license was suspended after the state mixed him up with another, less congenial John Carpenter, who'd report, reportedly threatened an elderly couple. You know, they're pretty good at mixing this stuff up. And, and let me remind you, that Rand Paul, a senator from Kentucky, made the no-fly list. Yeah. So so let me remind you of that. We just got in a halt, by the way. We just got stuck in a trading halt. So I'm going to have to pay attention to this for a minute. I don't know what that Let's means, keep but going. I'm going to keep going on this. The, uh, the, 
when it comes to trading, the the SEC, they've got these laws in place where if a stock moves a certain percentage in a very low amount of time, then they will actually halt the trading on the stock mid, mid-trade. Whether you're in a trade or not, you can't trade it at all. So it's, it, they do that because they think that they're going to manage the risk and stop people from losing a lot of money. But what happens is everyone gets an alert saying that you've gone onto a halt and everyone jumps into the stock because they move insane afterwards. It actually creates more vol- volatility and more risk doing the halt than it does not doing the halt. Just another example. Just of another pure those regulations example. looking out for you. And we're yeah. So I'm I'm I got to watch for when they resume the trading on this. But anyway, all right. Back to these red flag laws. So they're comparing they're comparing the two John Carpenters. So the real John Carpenter, uh, stand up, please. Uh, he's talking <laughs> quote about the other John Carpenter. Quote: He's 110 pounds. I'm 200. He has brown eyes. I have hazel. He has black hair. I have no hair. Carpenter said to a local station, comparing himself to his name fellow. Yet the state of Florida was apparently unable to distinguish the two from each other. <laughs> the, the veteran fisherman, 200 pound John Carpenter. Maybe when he's 300 pounds, then it'll be enough. He was sent. He was sent a certified letter from the state suspending his firearms license, which is you don't need a license anyway. But anyway, he also received a notice that he had been reported to DCF for elder abuse and a state order to surrender any firearms. Quote, I was just dumbfounded, he said in exasperation. I didn't know what to do. I called the state and they basically said there's an injunction against you. The state basically said, if it's not you, go to the courthouse. They'll give you a letter and they'll get you reinstated. Alas, or alas, either way you want to say it, things didn't work as they were supposed to. For when Carpenter went to the courthouse, the clerk told him he must return in two weeks. So I said, I'm guilty until I prove myself innocent. That's why I'm here trying to show you it's not me. And the clerk's like, since you're here, you've been served. Here's your restraining order. <laughs> To resolve the matter, he wound up having to connect with someone at the sheriff's office who helped him get the injunction dismissed after he and called the state to get his firearms license reinstated. But even that took ages. They said they processed it in the order it was received, and it takes six to eight weeks. I was like, so you can suspend it in one day instantly, but for somebody else's mistake, I've got to wait six to eight weeks, Carpenter called. The answer, Yep. <laughs> this is the problem. Now, what happens if someone breaks into his house while he's waiting for those six to eight weeks? He's now lost the ability to defend himself all from a mistake by the government. And of course, he doesn't want to go to jail. You know, he's a law abiding citizen. He's, he's a stand up guy, you know, and he doesn't want to go to jail. So he's going to turn his guns in. And then what if his whole family gets murdered? Whose fault is that? Yeah. Uh, you know? Will that go down as a statistic where they say that this was a death caused by the government? No. No, it'll go down as a gun violence statistic as will go down right. as. <laughs> yeah. Never mind the fact that John Carpenter can no longer defend himself because for some reason his name fellow decided to assault elder, elderly people, which <laughs> is terrible. And that guy definitely needs to go to jail. But this is one of the problems with red flag laws or any type of government list that yeah. you want to create. Which it's everyone's all fine. Like, oh, well, if you just follow the law, Susie. <laughs> Speaking F- of Susie, follow, she's coming up. Follow the law. You know, if if you just you got nothing to worry about. Well, the problem is governments make mistakes all the time. Why? Because they're just people. Because it's and people make it. mistakes. 
And if you create this structure where they're allowed to make mistakes and put you on a list incorrectly, then it takes a while to get removed from that list. You can get on the list in, in a minute, but to get removed from that list, well, that's going to take a lot of paperwork, John. Sorry, man. There's nothing we can do about it. Six to eight weeks. Now, our hands are tied. Amazon was running this list. Oh, yeah. Two day shipping at minimum. You yeah. know, it could yeah. even qualify for the prime now. They could bring his, his license over on a little drone. Right. Something like that. Right. <laughs> well, as long as they had the FE, the FFA approval for that yeah. drone. FAA. FAA, whatever. <laughs> they don't have to get any farmer's approval for Future Farmers of America. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this is why you should never create the list to begin with. Now, look, I get it that you want to try to prevent crimes, but in this day and age, in, or actually in any age, Crime prevention doesn't actually work because you can't predict what someone else is going to do. We can't do pre-crime on everyone. I mean, it, it just, it's not going to work. It's like this guy said. I mean, this might sound cliche these days, which is disgusting, but you are in fact innocent until you're proven guilty. And unfortunately, we have a default of guilt these days, and then he needs to go prove his innocence. That's the problem with these red flag laws. You're guilty. Immediately, you have your, your rights taken away that are guaranteed by the Second Amendment. You have your rights taken away that you have because you are a human being uh, given to you by your creator, whoever you believe that is, whether it's nature or it's God or whatever you think it is. You have rights inherent to you because you're a human being. The Second Amendment says that they will protect that right for you guaranteed in the constitution it also says that you're innocent until proven guilty in a court of law but instead we just say that uh you're guilty guilty automatically you're guilty you need to prove why you're innocent and the most important part of the bill of rights is the fourth amendment that states that no person shall be deprived of life liberty or property life liberty or property what constitutes your liberty well the right to protect and defend yourself you should not be deprived of any of that um, unless due process of law takes place. Yeah. Which means they have to suspect you of committing a crime. And if they suspect you of committing a crime, they have to provide evidence. Yeah. They have to provide evidence to someone who is an upstanding citizen, a judge, somebody who is voted in or is an upstanding citizen who has a record of being somebody who can look at evidence and suggest and know the law enough to where he can say, yep, you can actually search that person for the crime. You have to name specific people and places to be searched. And then after all of that takes place, then you can be deprived of those things. What red flag laws do is just the opposite of that. It's without due process of law. It says, oh, well, you're automatically guilty. We can strip you of everything. And then in six to eight weeks, if you're innocent, we'll give you your stuff back. Maybe. I just got a news notification that Trump has pardoned Rob Lugovich. Gross. Why would he do that? Uh, friends in high places. Why would he do that? And, for, and on a political standpoint, why would he do that before the election? That is the stupidest thing I have seen him do so far. And there is a long list of stupid things. <laughs> why the heck would you pardon the guy? Is this breaking news? Yeah, just came across. Just across the desk. Just then. That's insane. That is completely insane. Now we need to look at the charges against the guy and see exactly what they were and what the sentence was that he received and all that. He commutes it. He commuted the sentence. 
Yeah. Didn't pardon. It says pardons on the news thing that I got. I'm seeing commute. Hmm. Huh. He pardoned, um, he commutes corruption sentence of Rob Blagojevich. He pardoned Bernard Carrick, New York City Police Commissioner, Edward DeBartolo, a former owner of the San Francisco 49ers. Well, I'm going to send an email to this person. I've allowed <clears throat> notifications to come across to my laptop then. Now, what's the difference in pardoning and commuting? Can you tell me what that is? Yes, I can actually. Um, so, so if I was completely wrong about that by this news headline that came across through my computer, I'm sorry, Trump. I know this was your favorite podcast and now you might have turned it off, but hey, let's talk about it for a minute. What's the commutation? So <clears throat> when you commute a sentence, you, you're not reversing their verdict. You're just saying, uh, hey, you've served enough time. We're ending your sentence. Okay. Well, that's... Okay, so they're letting him out still. When you pardon somebody, you reverse their actual charge. So he's still getting Rob Lagojevich out of prison. Yes. Okay. So he said, uh, quote here, this is from the New York Times, um, Trump getting on board of Air Force One for a four-day trip to the West Coast. He told reporters, yes, we commuted the sentence of Rob Lagojevich, Mr. Trump told reporters. He served eight years in jail, a long time. He seems like a very nice person. Don't know him. Don't know him. (laughs) Let me don't know him. I, I commuted him because somebody told me. Don't know him. Um, let's see. Let's see why. Um, he was considered an intervening in by commuting the sentence. The president would free Blagojevich from prison without wiping out the conviction. Republicans had advised the president against it, arguing Mr. Blagojevich crime uh, epitomizes the corruption that Mr. Trump had said he wanted to tackle as president. See, it came the same day that he pardoned uh, the former owners of San Francisco 49ers who completed guilty in 1998 to concealing an extortion attempt and eventually surrendered control of his team. Let's see. Um, this is, this seems like friends in high places. It, it kind of does. It kind of does. So, so Blagojevich, if you guys aren't aware, you probably heard of it. He's the guy who was basically caught trying to sell former Senator Obama's state Senate seat in Illinois. And he was the second governor in a row to go to prison. Uh, George Ryan before that also, also went to prison. And then Blagojevich went to prison because he was caught on, on tape trying to basically solicit money for Obama's former Senate seat. So uh, it's just, a, you know, that's not a good thing. Um, that's uh, definitely a lot of corruption involved right there. And uh, I don't, uh, from a political and election standpoint, I do not understand why he would do this right now. So, hey, Rod, hold on a little bit. Like, if you're going to do it, dude, you have to wait. You got to wait. Just sit there for eight more months, man. Just hang out for a little bit. Okay. And, uh, and then we'll get you out after the election. <laughs> and then he'll get, and then Trump will get impeached for making that phone call <laughs> right there. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I, if I were running for re-election, I would not be commuting the sentences of any former Democrat governors who were, who were tried and convicted for corruption. I, I, I do not understand Seems that. like a terrible decision just a god-awful decision on his part 
But uh, anyway, uh, we just got unhalted on this trade, so that's he, what I'm kind of paying attention he to. He could but. have waited until the no, after November. I know that's what I'm Be- saying. But like, this just doesn't make any minute. sense. Wait a minute. If you want to help, like, look, I'm against it, obviously. But if you're going to want to help your friends out here, <laughs> that's what like, I'm saying. Like, just wait a second, man. <laughs> what what is this all about? Uh, I just love this line. He seems like a very nice person. Don't know him. Don't know him. Don't know him. He served eight years in jail. I knew a lot of people. <laughs> I know many, many people. But I don't know him. Not him. He just seems like a nice person. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. Sorry to break in with that, but I my my face just got red when I read that headline. So had to talk about All it. All that quick. to say red flag laws are bad, okay? <laughs> red We have another red flag law story that we're we needed to get to, but we're already at like an hour and obviously my attention has gone elsewhere. Uh, watching this uh, this this trade that we got in, which we were profitable on, by the way, came it uh, it reopened trading and we were up on it. So, um, so that's good. There you go. That's a good thing. If you want to learn those strategies, where yeah. do you go, Nate? <laughs> you go just send me an email, Nate at GoodMorningLiberty.us. Send me an email, and we will teach you everything from how to read a chart, how to place a trade, and how to learn a strategy and stay profitable. Get your mind right when you're trading. Okay, get all the right mentality when you're doing it. And uh, yeah, that's what we'll do. So send me an email. Nate at GoodMorningLiberty.us if you want to get involved in that early bird special for the trading class. And uh, we'll, we'll get this thing going. We'll, we'll just have a better life. That's what this is all about. Just making your life the most that it possibly could be. Take a risk. Take a risk. All the people that these hardcore leftists are envying are people who have taken massive risks in their life to get to the point where they are. You cannot expect to ever get close to where they are if you do not accept that you're going to have to risk something and to it, do that. Nate's not telling you to sell your house here. Like, no, no. You're not, you don't have to put your mortgage on the line yeah. or anything because also part of this is we're going to teach, teach you risk management Yeah, because there's a smart way to risk money. You don't have to do it in, in you know, you don't have to go all in on red, by the way, <laughs> unless there was an 80% chance of winning on red, <laughs> then you would. <laughs> then you would, yes. <laughs> but- uh, we're going to teach you all these things. We're putting everything together right now. It's actually going um, amazing. And uh, I'm super excited about the content. I'm ex- already excited about all you early birds who have already signed up. It's been an overwhelming response. It's really cool to see all of you guys email Nate at Nate at goodmorningliberty.us to get in on that special. It's 20% off plus a seven-day free trial. It only runs till the end of this week. So you have until Friday, 221, to email him to get on the list. We've got you guys all on there. I sent an update to everyone yesterday, uh, letting you know what's what's going on and what we announced. So get in, get the early updates, and everything starts on March fourth. And this, so you still have the opportunity to get in the class after that. You're just not going to get the discount that everyone who sends me an email this week is going to get simply by sending an email saying that you want to be on that early bird special list. You're going to get a discount on the class if you're interested. I'm not going to charge you the money this week. We're not going to charge you the money this week. Actually, you won't get charged any money until March 11th would be when you're going to get charged your first month's uh, subscription for the class. So anyway, um, guys, also, thank you so much for going to Patreon and looking at all the subscriptions that we have on there. If you want to run your own Facebook ad on something that you care about, something pro-liberty, we'll run a Facebook ad on there. It's about actually taking an action towards furthering liberty. That's what this is about. And that's what you can do by going to our Patreon account, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. 
Go on there. We got as little as $5. Even if you go up to 10 bucks, we're going to send you a free BernieLies.com coffee mug. Beautiful coffee mug that you must take to your workplace and put it, just put it on your favorite communist co-worker's desk just to bother them just a little bit, just to get that idea in their head. And, or you can and, accidentally leave it in the sink. Yeah, just leave it in there, <laughs> assuming that other people are going to wash it for you. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's what they would do. So yeah, you can go to Patreon.com slash Liberty, and we had that other story I know... Uh, Instagram follower. Uh, we had the other story that we were going to talk about. We'll get to it. Uh, we just kind of ran out of time today with all the other talks. So we'll do an entire red flag episode and and just highlight all of the times that this has been abused. I searched red flag abuses. Already a story from yesterday. Already the story that we went over from yesterday. There's hundreds of them already where people have been unduly uh, separated from their Second Amendment rights, their protection from the Constitution to be a human being that can defend themselves against hum- other human beings, where those rights have been taken away from them and they have to prove their innocence in court. Uh, we, we're going to do a whole special on that, talking about all the different abuses that we've seen so far. So, so listen to all the other episodes. And other great news. We have a bunch of really awesome interviews coming up. We do. Yeah. So we... Um, I think you mentioned, uh, well, we actually mentioned this in the pre-show, which, by the way, you can get by going to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty if you want to listen to our pre-show. It's what we do to get ready, and we do say a lot of jokes, and (laughs) it's a lot of fun. And Nate mentioned this, but we're going to have, uh, actually, you know what? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you all the interviews we got coming up. (laughs) I just thought about this. If you want to know all the interviews that we got coming up before they come out, if you want to be on the inside... You're going to have to find out in our pre and post show. And yep. the only way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty to be in the know. And those of you that have already signed up, I know uh, I'm going to just call them out by name, Maurice. Uh, <laughs> those of you that have already signed up, you get to know. And so if you want to know, you got to go sign up. Patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. If you guys do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow. I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.